Where's the manager? Walzer Automotive presents Car Selling Secrets. All right, all right, all right. Let's get started. Other than Andy, everything in the room is in their 60s. This is the 60th episode. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's 60. Car Selling Secrets. Yes, okay, well, and they said we'd never make it past two. We probably should have stopped it. That was but. me that said we'd never make it past <laughs> We're joined in studio by a good friend, uh, former boss, very special guest, Paul Walzer, uh, founder of Walzer Automotive Group, and Andy Rampernard, and Tommy. And we'll be right back after this exciting announcement from our sponsors. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the latest? The well, latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us, we talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful, no question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say... Why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? <laughs> and I just had no answer for <laughs> He just looks away, you big baby. In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state. So we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean, Bryant. Well, uh, right as we were coming on the air, Paul dropped a huge bombshell. I was going to talk about cars and his ascension to the throne of the National Auto Dealers Association. Ascension to the throne. That's pretty good. Well. But in breaking all the HIPAA violations, apparently Paul is a COVID survivor. So Indeed. Good. What? 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 What do you want to know? How's your dry cough? I mean, did you get sick, or were you just tested, and it turns out you had it, or were you... I had it. I, I got sick. Uh, it wasn't... Um, I didn't have a rough one compared to the ones I've heard about. I mean, so. the people that died. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. 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 <laughs> I had four days of kind of flu-like symptoms, and then I had... Uh, the one thing I had that was unique, I had this acute stomach pain, which Ooh. is not typical of this thing. And it was literally... It wasn't, it wasn't like... You know, I wasn't nauseated. I wasn't vomiting. I didn't have diarrhea, any of that stuff. It was a. It was literally like someone had a knife in my stomach, and I, so I couldn't sleep. So That's that weird. became the worst part because you, you know, not only are you still got this pain, but you're tired, uh, and then that makes me irritable, and then no one wants to be around me. <laughs> uh, well, so, yeah, right. So that was about four days, and then uh, uh, I had probably another week to ten days of just general fatigue. Really? How do you, how do you feel now? You're oh, I'm back. I'm, I'm, I'm a month out on the other side of it. Totally normal. Yeah. I so, had there. Were, I never did get tested, but in late February, there was three or four days. I had night sweats and then kind of the same pain, but right here. And it was so bad I couldn't sleep lying down. I had to try to sleep sitting up. So you think you might have had it then? Well, I, I, they didn't really know much about it, so I never got tested. But it's just I've never felt like that before. You know, I've had the flu a couple of times, and I get flu shots regularly and bad colds and just the aches and pains of being born in the 50s. But this yeah. was really different than that. So here was an interesting piece, by the way. So once I had been tested and I was positive, you get a follow-up call from the Minnesota Department of Health. 
And so they were asking me questions and giving me some sort of post-virus, you know, suggestions mm-hmm. and, and the like. So I took the opportunity to ask him. I said, how many, how many patients have there been in Minnesota that had the virus, got better, and then got it a second time? Right. Great question. Good and, question. And the answer was zero. Not, yeah, a, not really? a single one. Because I've heard mixed, you know, re- reviews on that, that you can, yes, you can get it again and maybe a different strain of it or whatever it is. But so far in Minnesota, that hasn't happened. Right. Well, that's good so. news. And, I, you know, I think that smart people are learning more and more about this thing every week, hopefully. But, uh, yeah, I would think that Walls did a pretty good job. That's all, you know, all this, uh, the political stuff that's going on now. My, I asked the question, well, what did you want President Trump to do? What did you want Governor Walls to do that they didn't do? What yeah. were they going to do? There's nothing they could do because they didn't know what it was yeah. at first. Right? Don't you know, Tom, that right now you're just supposed to hate everybody who has a different opinion than yours, around. and that's just it. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> yeah. Is it, Paul, let me ask you about that. What do you guys get, done with this? I want to talk to him sell about that. T-shirts that say "F you on them." Would sell for <laughs> uh, yeah, we'd build to retire. You know, Paul and I don't usually get to do this unless it's at Bar La Grasse, and we're not open yet again. So <laughs> it's going we're going to reopen them, which is great news. But what, what are you going to open? Well, not until it's 100%. Okay. Just, a great spot. I look forward to it. Oh, it's going to be phenomenal. Oh, matter of fact, we're supposed to get a get a dinner teed up. I, Pat emailed me or something. Oh, he did? Know. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you don't know about this? You weren't invited this year, Doug. <laughs> you know, what if we just do it and don't tell Pat? <laughs> <laughs> He'd be heartbroken. <laughs> he would be. Uh, I guarantee he's listening, too, because Paul's the guest. Yeah, today. he probably is. I guarantee he's listening. Right now he's grabbing the <laughs> bottle of Mad Dog 2020. That is the whole deal. But, yeah, at some point when you guys are done some car selling secrets, Paul and I got to talk politics because we, you know, you and I pretty much see things the same, that we're, we're not really conservative or really liberal. We're just kind of floating around centrist views, I guess. Well, you'd sure like it if, if people could figure out how to work together and solve problems, oh, right? God. I mean, that would be a nice, refreshing change of pace. You know, whether you're, you know, prone to thinking, you know, on the left or on the right, it uh, I really embrace the candidates who are have the courage to work across the aisle and yes. try to get things done. Yeah. We just yeah. that, we just need more of that, and uh, and we have some of that, frankly, in Minnesota. I think we have mm-hmm. uh, we're well represented in, in many of the districts where we have people who have effectively worked across We've the aisle. We've had a so. few on. We had uh, uh, Pat Garofalo, who's a Republican, and went to high school with our friend Tammy. He's in the Fairmont. He's a very interesting guy. Great guy. Uh, Farmington. And then uh, Ryan Winkler, who's the House Minority uh, uh, Leader. And he's been he's been on once or twice. And at, at one time it would be fun to have him, maybe after the election, have them both on at the same time. And yeah, that'd be good. That'd but be good. they're reasonable people, and they... And we've talked about this before. I think at the state level it's different because, you know, that's not a high-paying position. I think the right, people serve right. in Minnesota with, with good intentions, maybe different opinions from time to time. For sure. But it's, I think it's quite a bit different than the bomb-throwing we see on the national There's level. There's nothing wrong with different opinions. We should embrace different opinions. And, I agree. And it's, it's funny, too, because what I, what I see, the older I get, and I remember this pattern from my father, but as you, as you progress in years— you tend to spend more and more of your time listening to and reading the things that support the position that you already have. Mm-hmm. Whereas what we really all ought to be doing is spending our time trying to understand the positions right. of the people on the other side so that you can at least 
get the full perspective on it, and then you know, then you you, you lay in where you lay in. But you, uh, uh, but this idea of just pushing yourself further and further in one direction—that's uh, that doesn't do us any good. No, this is going to be really painful. God, this is gonna, really agonizing. <laughs> but just knowing, you know, Doug and and Michael Bryant, I've learned a lot from them because they had much more liberal views than I did. But I, I, I never was way far right or anything like that. God, I hate saying that I learned something from <laughs> Doug Sprint. Well, let's just wow. let's just say you got it over with now early right. in the okay. in, in the podcast here. We don't have to say no more compliments for Doug right. for the rest no of the hour. It's like coronavirus. <laughs> You're right? out. I had it. It was bad for four days, and now I'm recovered, and I'd never have it again. Did we ever go through a period before where basically the two campaign slogans are the same, whereas their guy sucks more than our guy? <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of what we I, got I think right most, now. You know, and. Paul's a, a great student of American history. We always think that the times we live in are the most yeah, tumultuous. They used to have fistfights in the Senate in the 1900s. Well, the and we did, you know, we managed to uh, have the vice president shoot, the, you know, the Alexander Hamilton. The <laughs> well, there is that. So dueling wasn't really a great way to resolve issues no. either, I don't think. Yeah. Did you? I know you're a big fan of Hamilton, by the way. And did you see the uh, televised production of it? I did. I thought it was fat. It was really cool to get all the different camera angles and kind the, of splice uh, together. For the- anybody that hasn't watched that, uh, I strongly recommend. What we did was really uh, worked out good. We watched. We <clears throat> watched it, um, or excuse me, listened to it back before we went to the original production. We listened to it. And at the same time, we had our iPad open and had all of the lyrics on there because it's, it is literally impossible. I don't hear well, but I don't care how old you are and how good your hearing is. You can't keep up with the pace of that. Yeah. And the lyrics are so brilliant yeah. that you really owe it to yourself to get every line. And then when you see it a second time, you know, you, you, you know what they're saying, and it's, it's incredible. Well, the problem is right now, the way it looks, that white people are not going to be able to see it in California. Which is really unfortunate. They're going to shut it down. <laughs> Dude, you haven't heard about this. I have not. Because it just happened today. Andy, would you read, Paul, what you just read to us a bit earlier? Uh, yeah. Well, I can tell you. This that... is real, by the way, Paul. This is not fake. This is real. Okay. Yeah, California is trying to repeal Prop 209, which you could also call the California Civil Rights Act which prohibits the state from discriminating against or granting preferential treatment to any individual or group on the basis of race, sex, color, ethnicity, etc. Uh, it's currently in the works to get repealed. Repealed? Yep. Wow. What happened to us? <laughs> yeah, I know that. That's unique. <laughs> Quite unique. There's no way the, the federal government's going to let him do this. I it's it's going to appear on the ballot. <laughs> For the next vote, I don't know if the federal government can stop it. Really? I don't know. The Supreme know. Court's got it. That Ooh. has to okay, be yeah. against the Constitution in some way. We like to pretend we're all constitutional scholars here, so if you want to weigh in. Yes, exactly. Wow. So I thought you were going to lob softballs at me today. <laughs> well, you never know what's going to happen. I didn't, I didn't know about this either. Well, this, that just happened a couple of hours ago. I, for, I was listening to the national news between the morning show and this show. Yeah. And it came on and I went, that's ridiculous. It's not even funny. And then I went, yeah. oh, my God, I did the research it's not and a it's joke. true. It's not a joke. It is not a They're joke. They're trying to repeal the Civil Rights Act of California. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sixth largest economy in the world, I think. Yeah. Oh, God. How did we get here? Yeah. Yeah. 
How did we ever get here, Doug? Is this you rhetorical? people. You us, us people, people is yeah. all I have to say. You honkies. <laughs> I'm going to start going with the honky thing. So again. I have a couple of car questions for you. We'll take a break in another minute or two, and we'll get into the NADA thing. But And you can think about this for a while. We've been doing some campaigns on the radio uh, because the used car business is so strong and the market's high, we're able to buy people out of leases early. So, uh, depending on the brand like Toyota, six, seven, eight months. And that's nor- as you know, that's not normally the case. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people are taking us up on it because of the following. It's like, you know, my wife and I or my husband and I are now working from home full time. Mm-hmm. They're not going to open the office up until January or February. We don't really need two cars um so we'll sell you one of ours which is good in the short term but i wonder you know in the long term how this is going to affect the u.s automobile business if more businesses have a larger percentage of their forces working from home i mean this is it went from a temporary thing it seems to be going into a thing now it does seem to be that way yeah so uh I just had a conversation with a number of the dealers that are on the NADA board uh, just last week, and I had to confess to them that in all of my time in this business, which I'm going to kind of give away my age here now, but we're this is over 40 years, I have never, ever felt like I was in a worse position to predict the future than I am now. And you just think of the stuff that's kind of mixing around in the stew. Uh, currently, business is very, very good. As you mentioned, mm-hmm. Doug, used car market, extremely high, highest I've ever seen. And uh, so you go, well, that seems good. Let's, let's, uh, let's have a positive uh, outlook because everything feels great, and let's just keep marching forward. And then you say to yourself, well, hold on a second here. Um, we've got more than 10% unemployed. Uh, we don't know where the the unemployment benefit thing is going to ultimately land and how much that's going to impact people uh, who clearly you know, need these, uh, this, the money to provide transportation. You have an uh, election coming up, um, which not only will determine the fate of the, of the White House, but probably both houses of Congress. Um, you pretty much have everybody hating each other, as we've talked about earlier, and so there is this sort of uh, really high level of anxiety out there. Um, and we got $27 trillion in national debt. All right, uh, we're going to take a break and we'll be right back with more uplifting news from our special guest, so Paul Walzer. Tom Bernard here with my buddy and CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Michael, this is a tough time for businesses not only in the Twin Cities, but all over right now. Can you tell me a little bit about what North American Banking Company is doing for your customers? Tommy at the bank, we're helping businesses with all of our tools at our disposal. Lenders are working as long as it takes with our customers to help them through these tough times. We've processed well over 300 loans for customers and funded over $70 million through the SBA's Paycheck Protection Program. Through our payment deferment program, our current customers were able to skip one, two, or even four payments with no penalty. Finally, being a locally owned and operated bank, we're able to move quickly and take action for our customers when they need us most. Why not bank with my banker? God, I can't tell you how great (laughs) it is working with Billski. Did you record that, Andy? Could you send that to me? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender.
We are back with episode 60 of Walzer Automotive Group's Car Selling Secrets for their special guest, Paul Walzer, where we're talking about trying to predict where the world's going. And I, I agree. It's I, I always like to think that I can see what's going to happen, but I can't always. I, I do think that as the manufacturer manufacturing of new cars comes back to a normal level, it will get the used car market back to kind of where it was before. But how many new cars we wind up selling? So if you're a listener, I'll give you a little perspective. I think our best year ever was 2016. Yes. And there were 17 point, and this is off the top of my head, 17.3 million uh, light-duty trucks and cars, SUVs and everything sold in the U.S. The worst in uh, the last... 20 or 30 years was 2009, the height of the recession, and I think we did 9.5 million. So that's that's kind of the brackets right there from the absolute worst uh, going back 40 or 50 years to the all-time best. Now, as the population grows and more people drive, the all-time best should keep moving up a little bit. But it's I agree, it's tough to, to say what's going to happen. I, I, think, I do think in the next six months, though, when new car uh, inventories start to climb again, and manufacturers can't help but overbuilding the inventories that that will naturally suppress uh, some a record, a record strong used car market. But well, there I was, we'll as I was, you know, I, I was kind of listing more of the negative side of the equation uh, before the break, but You're there good are... At that. <laughs> well, yeah, you do have to look at both, and but there are some very positive things on the horizon. There's, uh, you know, there's I can't imagine an environment where interest rates will rise because of the size of our national debt, so right. they can't afford to <clears throat> bump the rates up, and so low interest rates are obviously very good for us, and uh, and and there are. I think people are saving money more than they have for a long time because there's not a whole lot to spend on. So there's these there's this different stuff that's all kind of mixed into the pot, and so uh, uh, it's just it's just hard to to know what's coming. So you know we just have to try to be sensible about it and and uh, makes fundamentally sound decisions. But it's 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 a difficult time. So the next thing I want to talk about, you are, are you the president now or are you becoming the president of NADA? It's the National Auto Dealers Association. Yeah, so it's it, uh, our National Trade Association, uh, which, you know, represents the interests of car dealers across the country. And the, the position is technically uh, chairman and vice chairman. Uh, but uh, President I, sounds cooler. Yeah, it does. Um, <laughs> but it pays the same. Uh, <laughs> And uh, so I'm vice chairman until January, and then I and then chairman. Okay, but you won't. You, I, have they decided if they're going to have the NADA convention this year? Has it been canceled, or are they still waiting? Well, we're we're right on the on kind of the final days of being able to uh, to make that call because there's so much planning involved that we we have to we probably have to make a decision this week. I I would think that it's unlikely uh, think that so we'll too. have a in-person convention for for people that that are not in the car business it is a gigantic convention um every manufacturer is there uh there's what roughly twenty thousand dealers in the u.s i would say probably half to two-thirds of them attend there's people come from all over the world to go to this thing uh it you know they have it in las vegas uh, is one of the main cities and it just it feel, if you've ever seen the las vegas convention oh, center it, it fills it <clears throat> oh i know it's, it's amazing and the booths from the vendors the big ones are $150,000 i mean this is really really a big deal so it's uh, it'd be 
But I, I'm with you. I would be surprised if they have it based on, you know, what we know and what the science looks like now and, and all that sort of stuff. Well, honestly, it could be a it could be a pretty severe publicity problem, too. I mean, if yeah. you if you're regarded as being, you know, uh, insensitive to the potential consequences of the virus, that doesn't, you know, that doesn't look very good. So. No, that's true. So what, what are, as chairman, what are your duties exactly? What, what does the chairman of NADA do? Well, you actually uh, you you run it. Uh, it. It's an odd setup because the uh, the term is is one year as chairman, one year as vice chairman, one year as chairman, and so you're you know imagine anything that you run, you know just about the time that you're starting to understand it and get good at it, you're out. You know, so, right. so in comes the next person, and so uh, but the um, uh, the amount of time that goes into it is pretty burdensome, and so uh, only four times in the 100-plus year history of this association have people raised their hand a second time. Uh, so it, and that hasn't happened for uh, this current stretch for over 50 years. So it's, oh, wow. uh, it, it, it's, not, um, uh, it, it's just not something that normally people do. There's, uh, under a normal year, there's a tremendous amount of travel uh, because it is, uh, you know, we are dealing with international markets now, and so it isn't, so much a you know a U.S. thing as it is a you know this is um, uh, it's we have important connections all over the world. Mm -hmm. uh, primarily, what NADA does is uh, it uh, protects the dealer franchise system. So we uh, you know as car dealers believe very strongly that um, the direct selling from the manufacturers to customers is not a good thing. That the dealer has a very important role. Explain, and I, I know the reasons, but I think for people that are not in the car business, they listen to that and they go, you know, I'd rather buy from the manufacturer. I think that would be better. So what are some reasons that, that the franchise system is good for the consumer? It's obviously good for the dealers. You can't get around that. But. Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, uh, I, I think the main thing is it creates competition. So if you don't have uh, dealers, and for instance, uh, uh, you're buying your Toyota or your General Motors product or your Chrysler product or whatever you're 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 going to be buying directly. So there isn't you don't have the advantage of having choices within the community of franchise that you want. So you know in the in Minnesota or in Twin Cities we have eight Toyota dealers, and so you have eight different places that you can shop to make sure that you're getting the very best uh, value that you can. And a car is a it's an expensive purchase, so you, you, I think having choices is good for consumers. Two, uh, you know, we protect the consumer with respect to manufacturer issues that arise, uh, recalls um, and uh, uh, warranty claims and issues that come up that uh, in the absence of dealers, you wouldn't have someone that was your ally in those, uh, in those events. Um, and to be I'm going to interrupt for a second. I think yeah. it's important for people... <coughs> Again, not in the car business to understand how warranty claims work because I think there's a, a misperception among some people that dealers don't want to do warranty work because they have to pay for it. And that's not true. The way it works is if you have a, a covered failure, you buy have a car, the, a Toyota, let's just say, that's a Corolla and the transmission goes bad and you have a year's worth of warranty, uh, the dealer repairs it and the manufacturer pays the dealer back. That's how that works. So. That's right, and they're required to pay us at the at the same rate that that retail customers pay, and so it's you know it's 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 the work is every bit as good to us as as normal consumer work. But I can tell you that the amount of hours and time that goes into 
negotiating with the manufacturers on behalf of the consumers is huge. Uh, there is never a day that goes by where we're not involved in some kind of a conversation where we're trying to push the manufacturer to cover a claim uh, that they feel for whatever reason is outside of the parameters of that warranty. So. You know, these are good things where we protect uh, consumers. And, and, and one thing I will tell you that having gotten to know dealers across the country well, you know, like, like any profession, there's, there's the good and there's the not so good. But dealers are more engaged and involved in their communities than literally any other retail business that I'm aware of. There'd be no Little League Baseball if it wasn't for car dealers. Well, I mean, it's so true, yeah. and it's especially true, I think, uh, you know, we're more of a metro uh, dealer group. But... But out in the in in smaller towns and stuff, the local car dealer is a is a big deal, yeah. and they uh, uh, they're very philanthropic. You're familiar, Doug, with the Time Quality Dealer Award, which we do every year, which is given to uh, the dealer across the country that has um, done the most in terms of uh, uh, really involving themselves in philanthropic endeavors, and. The uh, the finalists for this thing are doing amazing things. I listen I listen to this every single year, and I'm just so uh, honestly honored to be part of that community because there are a lot of really really good people. And and the you know the, I think a lot of people feel like because oftentimes you know the car buying experience takes too long, and there's a you know for many there's a negotiated process and that there's a certain certain stigma that comes with dealers, and of course all it takes is a couple of bad ones, and everyone has a kind of a right. view of dealers in general. But I can tell you, knowing these guys firsthand, that they're some of the most decent and honorable people I've ever had the pleasure to do business I'll with. I'll tell you a, a quick story my <clears throat> involving my mother before we get into our break here. She, uh, When she moved into a retirement community with my stepdad 10 or 11 years ago, we were having dinner, and I said, Mom, what do you tell your friends here at the community center? You're, one of your daughters is the head of health and human services in the state of Minnesota. Your other daughter's a, an attorney, represents insurance companies, and your son sells used cars. And she goes, it's simple. Tell him I got one kid. <laughs> well, there you go. We'll be right and back. And it's not you, I no, assume. Right, no, we'll be right back after a short break. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. Northern Metal Fab right off the interstate in Baldwin, Wisconsin is a custom job shop specializing in large-scale projects. Northern Metal Fab is now hiring for all positions, including welders, painters, and inspectors to provide quality craftsmanship to their customers. Northern Metal Fab is growing, and their growth is your opportunity. Northern Metal Fab offers competitive pay, excellent benefits, and more. Apply online today at nmfinc.com. That's nmfinc.com. Northern Metal Fab is the equal opportunity employer. I don't think they filed bankruptcy, but they... Well, it's, I mean, it's national news. Everybody knows. Yeah, Mall of America cut a deal with the uh, with the holder of their $1.7 billion mortgage. Who does, uh, who does hold that mortgage? I wish it were me. Yeah, for real. <laughs> not, not right Although now. they can't pay it. That's so yeah, I that's also I wish true. It were. I think you could buy it, Tom. <laughs> you probably buy it at this point. I'll buy it for $100. What do you say? That's true. 
I got to read this. Doug told me about this this website. It's his fault because I spend a lot of time on. It. I check it every day. This is your. Did you see Babylon Bee today? No. So it's it's, it's Babylon Bee is like the onion if you're familiar with it, but it tends yeah. to be more Christian oriented, although not always. Not always. Leans no. a little Decreasingly bit right, but so. they're, they're pretty funny. And go ahead. No, here's a good one. This is the very typical of what they do. Democrats lure progressive voters to polls by disguising them as riots. <laughs> See, now that's funny. And they have another one where it's like ardent Trump supporter destroys his own mailbox to protest <laughs> exactly. vote and balloting. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah, see, there's some on here. There's one on here that's just too cold. It's about Biden. And it's about him. It's it's not funny. About him not being all there? Well, I can read it, but I don't find this funny. Biden says, my doc says I don't have Alzheimer's, dementia, or Alzheimer's. <laughs> I, mean, that's cool. I have a great Biden story that's not political. This is actually okay. a car story. Right. So yeah, well, good. He's kind of a car nut, and he owns a 67 Corvette convertible. His dad bought it for him, brand new, in 1967, and Wait a I guess his... What does it mean your dad bought something for you? What do you mean? Oh, that's right. Well, your dad <laughs> your dad didn't, wasn't all that magnanimous. That's right. So here's the car guy part of the story. You've seen the look on his face. Well, <laughs> you've seen the look on his face. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. So it's like his dad worked opposite. as a sales manager at a dealership in the 60s, and he was at a Christmas party, and the owner, who sounds like he was kind of a prick, got drunk, and he had like a couple of bags of silver dollars, and he threw them on the floor at the party and said, okay, everybody, go for it. And they're all diving over each other. And his dad looked at Joe Biden Sr., looked at this and said, F this, and walked away and never went back. Yeah, that's a very I am the emperor kind of thing to do. Now, yeah, here's the other interesting thing about this. Once you become president of the U.S., that's the last time you get to drive yourself around. Even after you're oh, out of yeah, office, the Secret Service, yeah. you're not allowed to. Mm. So I don't think I'd want to be president, especially no. if I had a 67 well, Corvette. I, there is the, the the main problem. Who wants this job? It, it's become yeah. the worst job yeah, in the world. Point. So how are you going to get? <laughs> There's very little prestige and a whole lot of uh, well, There's a fair amount of prestige. I, I mean, you know. are. I mean, half the, the country the hates you. World. Well, that's true. Half the world hates you. So no it's matter like the KQ Morning do. Show, same thing. <laughs> you should be president. <laughs> I should be president. It's kind of like being the Pope. You know, it's hey, prestigious, no. sure, but it's also you got a lot of haters. Paul, they asked me to run for governor again. What do you think of that? Absolutely, go for it. Tom. There's not a chance on <laughs> earth I would ever even think of doing that. I, I know. I, oh. how, 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 you wouldn't how, want this term. I'll tell you that. No. I mean, how oh, about God? No. No, Walls has got. Walls is probably wondering why did I leave the second district? <laughs> I know. Exactly. What am I dialed doing? In. No, it's true. No, it's not for me at all. I literally, my first day as governor, I go, okay, all of you, out. <laughs> Get out, all of you. And then we'll start over again. Minnesota now has zero employees. Yes, they have zero people living in the state. You can come back one by one. We'll talk. I can imagine the campaign manager for your opponent. Okay, I need to get you 30. I need you guys to find 35 years of KQ mornings. <laughs> and then yeah, just... oh, God, going through all that stuff. Here, well, you're no longer governor. I hate black I, people. I have a question. What? I'm just kidding. You never said that, but that's what it you happened. See what he does. Well, to they make, did yeah. that to Jason Lewis. Yeah, right? they did. Absolutely, they did. You can no take question. things out of context. Yeah, it's absolutely make anyone true. say anything if you're willing to be uh, yeah, slimy true. enough. That's right. true. That is absolutely true. What are you gonna? It all works out in the end, though, don't you think? Hopefully. 
Well, hopefully. But, I think you're right. Who would want what's, those jobs what's, right what's, now? What's Steve Sack going to do if Trump loses? I mean, he's got, I know. He's got, he's got, got more fun with him. He's in yeah. a second win. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Who's cartoon are you going to draw now, pal? Oh, like, maybe get back to Gindin or something. What was that one guy's name? He was, he, he was Ron Major's buddy. What was the name of that cartoon? He was in Minneapolis, but I think he was originally from Detroit. God, what was his name? There was Gindin was one of them. But there was another one. I, I vaguely remember. remember that. Ah, it doesn't matter. Whatever. It's only a car. I'm not a big... I loved the cartoon section when I was a little kid. You know why? Because I thought Blondie was really cute. Oh, my. When I was like four years old, I was like, God, she's really cute. So I would read Blondie and Dagwood. Like girls with tall hair. <laughs> girls with tall hair, exactly. I don't believe I've ever actually read one of those that made me laugh. I don't quite no. understand no. the humor. Maybe it's over uh, my head. I know. I, it's just like, well, what? I liked Calvin and Hobbes because I was Calvin. Yeah, you were pretty much Calvin. That uh, is true. But other than that, yeah. Well, and what's his name? Oh, God. He's just come out of retirement. Married to Jane Pauley. Come on. A cartoonist is married yeah. to Jane Pauley? That's a pretty good job. Jane Pauley's husband what was the cartoon? is named Gary Trudeau. Gary Trudeau. Oh, Gary Trudeau. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. the guy I was thinking of. Doonesbury. Yeah, yeah Doonesbury. Those could be funny at times, but yes. most of them, like Family Circle. Family Circus? Circus. Yeah. But it was always in a circle. Right. It was always in a circle, Doug. Didn't you catch that Thanks, part? Thanks, Andy. Thanks for saving me. It was always well, that's true. It was not, none of it was really fun. Charlie Brown was cute. but oh, A lot Charlie. of them were just like, you know, sensible chuckle weekly. Any little girl that calls her friend Blockhead works for me. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think that's funny as hell. Okay, Blockhead. Oh, okay. a little harsh for a little girl, don't you think? Yeah, well. Kind of fits in today's world. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah I would Blockhead, absolutely. Yeah. That's actually a compliment in today's environment. It is. That guy, I don't know, he, he had an interesting life, didn't he? Who, Charlie Brown? The guy the guy who... Schultz? Or? Uh, Charles Schultz, yeah. Mm. I talked to his brother, though. His brother's the nicest guy in the damn world. I suppose when your brother cacks and you get billions of dollars, <laughs> yeah. you're probably going to wow. be in a good mood. You're going to be happy. <laughs> be pretty happy in some, some level, I guess. Uh, lived above uh, the bar. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah that's the barbershop. Yeah, the barbershop up there. Uh, what the hell? O'Gara's. O'Gara's. Yeah, yeah. yeah, lived above O'Gara's. I yeah. went to McAllister, so all the Irish bars kind of yeah, blur really. together. I lived in that. I, I lived walking distance from O'Gara's for yeah, quite some time. Did. Did you ever go there? No. Danny's not going to Not that you're going to tell your father, anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I, thought the, Danny, I thought Danny would reopen, but he's not going to. I, I'm the type who can't physically get drunk because I just throw up everywhere. So, that is true. You, know. you do laugh a lot when you've had a few drinks, though. Uh, just a few. You start laughing like a One more man. and Before things the go south. Or after the throw up? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> both. No, after I'm not happy, <laughs> I can tell you that both. much. I'm not Excellent. doing any laughing after that. I thought Paul was going to say, oh, so he takes after your wife, not you. <laughs> He's in a good mood for <laughs> Mom does. She does throw up easy from alcohol, too. Oh, well, Mom just got exposed no, to the she'll, world. No, she'll admit it. Yeah, she did. She, you and It's Mom a good and, thing, technically. Yeah, I yeah right. Is, yeah. Probably live longer. Yeah. You guys are not big boozers, none of you. It's all true. None of us. It is all true. Not even a one. I wasn't either, but I just like to stab people. But anyway, <laughs> moving forward. That was just a personality flaw. I've got tons of questions for the witness, but I now we've only got two and a half minutes, so we got to do it some other time. But Paul and I, I'll tell you, the the listeners, 
when Paul and I get together for it, we go to a dinner every year, and uh, we always end up talking about the current state of affairs. And just a year ago, we talked, and it was nowhere near this bad just one year ago. <laughs> Those were the good old days. Yeah, the good old days is last year. Paul, the change from last year when I said, because that was August last year, too, was one year yeah. ago when we went to dinner. Uh, this much change in one year. Do you think people are going to fall for this when you're trying to get rid of the rid of the Civil Rights Act in California? We're trying to do this. You're trying to do that. I personally don't understand the big deal. Yes, I think a woman uh, is a vice presidential candidate, the third one, right? Because it was uh, Jerry Ferraro, Ger- Geraldine Ferraro, and, and then it was, the uh, was what's her face, Sarah Palin. Oh, that's Sarah right, Palin. Yeah, sorry. And we've already had a black president, so I don't know why it's such a big deal that she's a black woman. The president of the United States for eight years was black. I mean, that's a great thing, right? Well, I, I think that a lot of people on both sides of the fence think that if if Biden wins, that he'll be a one-term president. I can't. Well, that's the other Babylon Bee headline. That and Kamala Harris right now is busy vetting VP candidates. It's <laughs> <laughs> so cold. I mean, that stuff is funny. But I, yeah, I, I just in one year, Paul. What the what happened? Well, one thing I I think is is uh, cool is the fact that you and I actually can talk about this stuff because honestly, yes. I find that my interest is as strong as it's ever been. But to find people that you can have a constructive conversation with, right, is becoming a smaller and smaller list. You know, even within my own family, we don't even touch it anymore because it's no. just. You know, people are passionate. They get ex- excited. They get upset, and uh, and that ruins an evening pretty fast. You know, it does. So. You're absolutely right about. It. Do you think it's because of social media? Do you think digital did this to us? Dehumanized us? God, I hadn't thought of it from that perspective. It uh, it's reasonable to think it might have contributed. <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah. I, mean, I just say. I don't know. I I feel like the divide is just getting wider and wider it and is. wider mm-hmm. and. It's yeah. just harder for people to be empathetic and to to listen. That, that's why the the few that that do work across the aisle are treasures right now. <laughs> we no, just got to keep those people going. I I don't know. Uh, a lot has changed in a year, and I look forward to our next round of this. If hopefully we won't get into slugfest because you're a lot bigger than I am, I yeah, wouldn't like I'd my pretty, chances. Pretty rare. Uh, nah, it's not going to happen. Yeah, I'll <laughs> get to take him with your you. speed. <laughs> you know, yeah, you okay. got the speed, I can, baby. I can run. You got the speed. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Now, it, it, the whole, well, I'll give you an example. We're talking, I know we got to go here, but I had lunch with Donald Trump four months ago. We, he invited me to go to lunch with him with, you know, a bunch of guys. Basically, it was 10 billionaires and me. So I felt really comfortable. I will tell you that. It's like, really? Oh, yeah. Wow. It was a guy who owns Newsmax. It was a bunch of people. So we're sitting in there. And Donald Trump is nothing like he is on television. He's actually very quiet and just, how are you? How's Catherine, Andy, and Alex? How are they doing? They're asking me. No, obviously, he sits down and talks to someone and gets all the information, so it looks like he really does pay attention, you know. But, you know, I listen to the show, and he started talking about this segment of the show because apparently he listens at least a couple times a month. That's what he told me. And he was talking about things that I had talked about, so I believed it. Uh, by the same token, if Jimmy Carter called, I would go today and have lunch with Jimmy Carter. Right? Sure. It's got nothing to do with him being a Republican or, or conservative. These are interesting people. They're interesting people. So I went to lunch. I got a brother and a sister won't talk to me since I went to lunch with Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Really? <laughs> Is that unbelievable? Why did you give away inside secrets? Yeah, they're inside secrets. <laughs> I'd go to lunch with the devil just to find out what he's up to. Yeah, yeah. well, see, right. there you are. That's exactly right. That's yeah. a very good point. 
I don't know. I, I, I well, well, we'll have our annual uh, dinner, and then a year from now we'll go. We'll go. Wait one. a minute. How could it have gotten any worse? I know. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> these are the good old days. <laughs> Carly worse. Simon is right. Stay right here because these are the good old days. I love Carly Simon. Always did. She always denied, though, that she was the Simon and Schuster family. No, I'm not. Did she really? Oh, yeah. At first, she denied she was part of the family. She was like, yeah, you are. Don't, yeah. don't even start with that old deal. <laughs> wow. So, anyway, I disagree with everything you say, Sprintall. You're we'll, out. We'll get along famously. Yes. That wraps up Episode 60 of Walzer Automotive Group's God. Car Selling Secrets. We'll be back here next week for an automotive show, and then I think the week after, uh, we're on vacation. Yeah, the, the, Are week we? of, like, the week of Labor Day. Yeah. Oh. First week of September. The first week of September going into Labor Day, I guess, is the best way to do it, right? Yep. What are you going to do? Paul, always a pleasure, man. Look, Look forward, forward to our dinner. dinner. I'm going to you know, brush up so I can have some sound arguments. <laughs> yes. I've never liked you, Tom. I want you to know. And that. here's why. <laughs> here's why. <laughs> Talk to you later with the family.